Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. The finish line is within sight. And as we wrap up 2020, I know many of you are ready to close the door, move on. But I want to remind you of the resilience and courage you have shown. And I want you to take what's worthy and true from that and leave the rest behind. As we start to look forward to 2021, who will you embody? I want to invite you to join me for a very special workshop, Embodied Leader, on December 16th. It's all virtual, but we are going to call in the energy of that goddess that is awaiting you. We will anchor in your vision with breathwork, meditation, mantra, and movement. You can find all the details in my show notes, and I hope I'll see you there. So for today's guest, I am so excited to introduce you. Raw Goddess is the entrepreneurial soul coach behind hundreds of breakthrough changemakers, cultural visionaries, and social entrepreneurs. Raw's unique methodology has empowered a new generation of entrepreneurs to stay true, get paid, and do good. Raw is a sought-after speaker author of The Calling, CEO of Move the Crowd, and most recently co-creator of N-Formation, a community-based app to support women of color leaders across all industries. It was my immense pleasure to have her on the show, and we truly felt the joy. I could sit in her energy all day and listen to her pearls of wisdom, and I'm really so blessed to be able to share her with you her understanding of the soul and our purpose, finding how to set ourselves free and grow into our full potential is something that we all need so much right now. So without delay, welcome to the show, Raw Goddess. Well, it is such a pleasure to have you here. I am so excited. (laughs) It's so wonderful to be uh, here, Anya. Love you. (laughs) I love you back. I love you back. I love watching you share your wisdom with the world. And um, so tell our listeners who are maybe new to you, kind of who is Ra? What is your mission? That's big, but Yeah, that's a big, big question. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting. I am, I am described myself as an entrepreneurial soul coach, or I should say I am called an entrepreneurial soul coach. But if you ask me like at the core, who I am, I am a champion for the spirit. And I am a igniter for the soul. You know, um, my work is about helping people get to the truth of who they really are so that they can bring what it is that they're here to bring, you know, in service to themselves and, and for the betterment of us all. So I'm a, you know, I joke and say, I'm a doula for your purpose. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. I love that. As a mom who has had two babies and knows the work. Birthing. That, yeah. Shout out all my mamas out there. <laughs> but I love that. I think that's so, um, and knowing that it takes a village, right? You need that support. Yeah. yeah. You need that support. It really does. It really does. Yeah. 
So 2020 has been wild. (laughs) And we were just pre-conversation, just kind of catching up and saying that this has been the year where so many of us have been kind of forced to be still. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about this being the great pause yeah. that, yeah. you know, and I always say like life, if we change our perspective and we're willing to shift and really willing to be still, we can embrace the idea that life is happening for us, not to us, even when that's uncomfortable. So talk to me about this great pause. Like what? Yeah. So we the, all feel it, I think, but yeah. The sacred pause. I mean, it's interesting because um, the sacred pause message and sort of even how I came into a way of starting to even try to make sense of these times, right? If one can even do that was I was, I had a dream. It was about maybe two weeks into the shelter in place. And I was in this ocean and like stormy, stormy sky, raging, raging waves and I'm swimming. And I mean, I am fighting against the waves. And I could feel in my body that I was sort of trying to get to the shore, whatever, you know, I thought, wherever I thought the shore was. And there was a point in the journey where I felt myself being overtaken. And I, and I started to question whether or not I was going to make it to the other side. And I literally felt the energy of source, spirit, God, whatever you all want to call it, come up alongside me. And it showed me a vision of myself, same stormy sky, same rocky, wavy sea, right, ocean. But I was literally riding the waves and kind of being tossed like a baby to and fro. And I was laughing. And I was giggling and I felt spirit say to me in that image, do not fight the waves. Let the current carry you. Do not fight the waves. Let the current carry you. And I remember waking up the next morning going, okay, I don't know what we're in for, but we're in for something. And we get to make a decision about how we're going to experience this. And I went into meditation that morning and I said, source, you know, tell me about this dream. What does it mean? And that was where the message of the sacred pause came in. And really what source said was, you know, we came into the top of 2020, like we were being shot out of a cannon. I mean, we just, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like we were just crazy. Like whatever we felt we didn't get mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, we were trying to get it <laughs> in January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We weren't even given the year. And I remember looking up and saying to my team, I remember looking up and going, is it only January? It feels like April. Like we were like maybe two weeks into January. And, and it really just the intensity and the sort of pressure and the kind of, dare I say, desperation that I think was in the energy. And and it was interesting because every year at the top of year, I do a New Year's message to my community where we set the theme and the context for the year. And then we study and practice inside of that theme every year. And this year was about being called, right? And, and, you know, again, and, and, and this year was about work. 
This was a four year, like if you follow cosmology, is the year of the rat. Oh my God. You know, if you see it now, you kind of go, you know, in the context of the Chinese zodiac, you know, and the rat is all about adaptability and resilience and tenacity and determination in the face of peril. I mean, you know, (laughs) um, in January, like I got no clue that this is coming, right? But in this conversation of, of, of what I heard in the meditation was that we were being put on timeout. And that the reason why we were being put on timeout was because all of us were trying to build on shaky foundations. And that the mandate to go home wasn't just literal, it was also, it also had metaphorical meaning, deeper meaning, right? And in this dialogue with me and spirit in meditation, they said there are three invitations that you all are being given right now as you're being put on timeout. First one is to come home to yourself. Many of you are operating with extreme levels of self-neglect. You're putting yourself last. Your self-care is, right, it's not happening, (laughs) right? And many of you are breaking down, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically breaking down. And you need to come home to you and you and a new level of self-love, self-honoring, self-care needs to emerge. Number two was to get your house in order. It's the second invitation. And this was about our environment, our relationships, and our finances. And the opportunity to look at where we have maybe been neglectful or we have been sort of connected to busy. For some of us, home is our sanctuary. For others of us, home is holy hell. And it was the opportunity to start to take an inventory and really get clear about what we were tending to and what was missing, right? Getting our house in order. And then the third one was realigning with the truth of who we are and with our purpose and our calling. And so this opportunity to to take that inventory then gave us what the work was. You know, I said to people, you know, We are so conditioned to look outside of ourselves for the answer, right? For the, the, the way to go for the, we are so being told to come in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you've never had heard the invitation to go in before. Mm -hmm. This is it. Here here was. And because we were slowing down, the voice was louder than it had ever been. So it was like, okay, maybe you couldn't hear it before, you know, three kids, job, husband, family, what, you know what I mean? All of the things, right? Wife, whatever it is, partner, all of the things. This was the time because it was like, okay, you may never get this quiet again, or you may never have the opportunity to experience this level of quiet again. This is your time to get your guidance about what is next for you whether it's the business or the family or the relationship, like whatever it is. So it was about spending time in nature. It was about sitting in stillness. It was about finding, even if it was five minutes in the bathroom, get it however you can get it, right? Because your, your insights are coming. You're emerging. They're coming. Beautiful. And you, I mean, the timing, I don't know when the book was released, but just sort of, I don't know if you premonition that we were all going to need a book like The Calling, but it was truly divine timing to come um, 
and be in the hands of so many people. So in the book, you, you talk about, and I think it's such a powerful idea of each of us having the calling. And when we're true to that, and we're in alignment with that, that we can also get paid and do good. Mm-hmm. Right. That when, when you're really in flow in all the areas of life, that there is so much abundance and, and there's more and then you can do good around you. Cause I think there's, there's a disconnect in our society between that. Yeah. Um, so walk us through a little bit about, you know, finding the calling, understanding, right. How many of us come. And I think this year has, as you said, been the great shakeup in a way. Yeah. Given us all the opportunity as one of my friends said, like we all got the quarantine that we needed. <laughs> so if we were with our family or we were alone, it was like, this is what we sit with. And this is what we, we face the choices of life and we get a chance to sit with the discomfort and be, and there was a lot of closeness and, you know, there were a lot of moments my kids were like, oh, when are we going to be done with this? Right. <laughs> but my daughter said to me the other day, like, mom, we quarantined together for three months. Like we can get along for two weeks. You know, she just, that, they have a perspective, they understand and they've shifted in so many ways. Yeah. Um, But there's so much, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been challenging, but, but there's also just this core of, I think a lot of people are really having an opportunity to pivot, right? Either, either requirement to pivot or a calling to pivot. Yeah. So dive in a little bit about this like alignment and the calling in order to be true. Yeah. Get paid <laughs> and do good. <laughs> do good. Because <laughs> that's like yeah. the trifecta. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. It is exactly as you say. Um, I mean, the first thing I think that's important to understand because some people have what I call purpose anxiety. Like, oh my God, I can't find it. Mm. You know, and I was joking <laughs> with somebody. I was like, but in the middle of my sock drawer. You know what I mean? I looked under the hamper, like I can't find it. What if I miss it? And, do you understand? And I think, you know, I, I speak of this as big C, little C, right? For some of us, um, we're born, whether we know what it is we're here to do. It, it comes to us at four years old, that crystal clarity. And then if we're lucky, if we're supported, if we're nurtured, we have the ability to just surrender and be on the path, Right. Others of us, we will bumble around, you know what I mean, and have all kinds of experiences. And then it will click at like 45. Like, oh my God, this is what I'm here to do. And the truth of the matter is no journey is better than the other, right? But even for those of us, and I was a late bloomer, right? So even for those of us who are late bloomers, right, who it comes to us in in various ways, there are often what I call the little C's that are the breadcrumbs to the big C, right? So we get called in a moment. Sometimes we get called in a moment to speak up when something's going on that's not working for us. Other times we get a hit like, oh, I should call my mother or, oh, I should go check on my child or, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, our gut works. And for those of us who haven't had the opportunity to build the relationship and the connection to the other aspects of ourselves that are communicating to us, <laughs> right? Um, that the practice for some of us is being able to first hone in on the little C and know that the little C is actually giving us 
uh, guidance and breadcrumbs and a pathway to the bigger sea, the things that we love, the things that piss us off. Mm-hmm. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? There are things that we enjoy that sometimes we don't even understand why they bring us so much joy. They just bring us so much joy. And, it's, and it has to do with those qualities and aspects of our soul that are bigger than any job or any accomplishment or any role that we've been given. This is kind of like the, the essence or the spirit, the core of who we are is always tugging and nudging and pointing to who we are and what we're here to do. And so it's our opportunity to listen. You know, people always say, how do I find my call? And I go, get still. Yeah, and you got to make time. Start to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tune out all the other people, you know, because so much of it is built on who's been telling us our whole lives what we are good at or should do. Or, you know, we have so many lists, I think as women especially, but you know, that's my experience of knowing, like, I'm tuned in now for the should. I'm like, oh, there's a should. Mm, where did I learn that? Where's it from? So much of the orientation, I talked about this. This is why the pause this year is so important to understand because we are so being conditioned, not even our fault. Like you all been conditioned to be externally focused. That anything we want, anything we need, we're often looking outside of ourselves. And so much of our orientation has been designed that way. One of the questions I asked people when we were about maybe two months in (laughs) um, was, have you been able to slow down? And like asking themselves really like, or are you like cleaning the kitchen counter five times? (laughs) Are you, you know what I'm saying? Finding things to wash (laughs) that don't need washing. Like, are you just start to be with your inability to be still, not like a judgment, but just an opportunity to begin to observe our orientation. And so one of the fundamental shifts to support finding and and owning your purpose and your calling is to get still and is to start going in as opposed to seeking out. Mm -hmm. And I love you said to build that relationship because each of us has it and, and learning to trust it, you know, learning to trust. Oh, I, I just had this thought. And then, you know, we kind of gain the trust like, oh yeah, that's why I had that. And the more stillness we cultivate, the more we can hear and we can know what's calling. Louder the voice gets, the clearer the guidance becomes. And the more that you start to build that trust with you and you. At a fundamental level, I believe that 2020 was about supporting us in being able to develop a more intimate, trusting relationship with ourselves and a learning how to surrender to what we can't control. (laughs) Over and over. (laughs) Over like a practice. Yeah. Over and over, like every day. Yeah. Right? So we talked a little bit, I'm, I'm curious, and one of the things I love about this, once, once we kind of find our calling or we tune in, we find our alignment to like what brings us joy, what lights us up, where do we want to spend our energy, is really putting it into reality. 
And I think right now that I see kind of this tension between the world manifestation um, that it can be real light and fluffy and, you know, that it's simple, but not easy, but, but there's, there's context, right? I mean, I sit here as a white woman who sits in privilege, understanding that some of the, the deck wasn't stacked against me in my manifestation. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet some of the work is universal for just humanity. So one of the things I love when I was reading about this though, is really understanding those beliefs and those. Um, so, you know, if we talk about calling in more of something or I'm calling in a better job or I'm really, I have a vision for it and I, I know how I want to feel or a relationship. But if I'm, if that signal is mixed up on the inside, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's just why I said that the inner, the inner foundation must be in place before you do all the outer calling. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I do talk about this in the book. I said, listen, you know, and I joke about this fact that, you know, that people look at me with terror in their eyes and they go, I'm calling in a million dollars. And I'm going, no, Mm-mm. you're scared out of your mind. <laughs> let's, you know, let's ground you, let's orient you. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a million dollars. There's nothing wrong with wanting to call it in. But this foundation, this is, you know, again, this is why this is, was a go home year. This is why this was a stay home year. This is why we're being invited to come back home yet again. And people are so you know, as we watch this, you know, in this moment we're in, things are spiking and, you know, there's all this chaos in the streets. We ain't ready. And, you know, in addition to the the sacred invitations, there were three practices, sacred practices that came in the message. And one of the practices was learning how to sit in uncertainty. Learning how to cultivate a new level of surrender and trust, learning how to let go of what we can't control so that we actually have room and space to engage around the things that are ours to do, the things that do require our effort. And this foundational work, which is healing, which is realigning, which is more about releasing than acquiring, is part of what is necessary to really line up our energy and our vibration with the things that we're wanting to call in. Some of us are trying to call things in and we don't have any room for it. (laughs) Quick example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember when um, I finally decided, y'all in my late 20s, early 30s, I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I am ready for a relationship. You know, I thought... I was going to be this super powerhouse woman, professional woman, you know, mogul, you know, lover in every port, you know, that whole, <laughs> y'all know those of you who are in oh, your yeah. late 20s, early 30s, and maybe mid 30s, you haven't found it yet, you know, what, whoever that divine partner is for you. <laughs> and I was really kind of preparing for that time. And you're like, well, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't meant for me. Maybe marriage, the sort of more traditional vision that we get given, maybe that's not what, what's in the cards for me. And I remember being in a really powerful conversation with a, uh, an incredible coach, a guy by the name of Dave Rugbard. Shout out Dave Rugbard. And he got in my face and he was sort of like, what do you really, really want? You know, and I said, I want to be adored, you know, 
And, and that opened a conversation about calling in my soulmate. And I went through this whole kind of process of calling it in uh, and wanting to call him in. And what I realized, the first sort of part of my homework that Gabe gave me was to interview 10 men. And what was profound about interviewing the 10 men in my life was the number one thing that they all said was, there's no room. No room. Where's he going to fit? You work 100 hours a week. You know, you've got all these other things going on. And so I literally had to learn how to start to create space for the things I want. And it began for me with that relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you make room in your closet? (laughs) Yes, make room in my closet. I also had to take all my stuffed animals off my bed. (laughs) Ladies, take note. You just I don't want to cozy up with I the needed teddy bears. to move room on the bathroom counter. Mm-hmm. Look with all the, you know, y'all know, all of our magic gels and creams mm-hmm. and <laughs> things. <laughs> and I literally cut a little cardboard image of a man. I can make you laugh when I say this. And I put him in the bathroom and I sort of set him up and it had all the qualities written <laughs> I <love it. laughs> that I was looking for. Now, just to complete that story, yeah. it took me four months and I found him. Wow. And this past August, we celebrated 18 years of Mm. being married. Beautiful. And 20 years of being together. So it works. And you got to do the work to make room and align within yourself for what it is you say you want. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So the third part, right? So we've, we've found it. We've gotten aligned. We're doing that foundation work. And then we're doing good in the world and we're kind of putting our gifts out to the world and we're getting paid for it. Right. I love that. Like it's, it's a circle. It's a, it all flows together. Um, how did you know your calling? Like what was, and you said you were a late bloomer. Like, did you just wake up and go on the soul coach? <laughs> no, I came to mind kicking and screaming, literally kicking and screaming. And I tell, you know, the story, I won't go sort of so deep into it in this moment, but um, I came at gunpoint. Literally, I was, I was shot at at point-blank range Whoa. and um, had an outer body experience um, where, thank God, I was not, the bullet did not penetrate. Um, and this was an individual that kept shooting. And then finally the gun jammed. Um, and, I, you know, I had this beam of light kind of come through, this beam of energy kind of come through. And then after the incident was over, I felt that veil sort of a protection lifted. And, and it's interesting, Anya, because we have these kind of what we call paranormal. I don't even like that term, but we have these, what I'm going to call divine experiences. We don't talk about them as much, but a lot of us have these things, these intuitions, these synchronicities, these coincidences, or these things where it defies logic in terms of our experience, right? Some people call that a miracle. We have these every day. Um, and for me, it was my wake-up call because I had been running. I had been hiding in the spirit, universe, calling, purpose, tapping me on the shoulder. And, and my whole joke is, you know, we think that the universe is warm and fuzzy and the truth <laughs> is that it's quite gangster. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and that, you know, it starts as a little tap. Yeah. Then it gets a little, you know, a little bit more of a nudge. Then it, then it gets harder. And I think the opportunity for us is... Um, we don't have to wait till it gets perilous to answer. 
you know, I was, I was hardheaded. And after that, the universe had my undivided attention. <laughs> and then I began to listen. I began to hear the guidance. I began to be, meet this person, go to this meeting, right? Have this conversation, a lot of journaling, writing over and over and over and over and over again. And I share this because my experience is when I begin to work with people, I've never been in an experience where someone says to me, I don't know what my purpose and calling is, and we don't ever get to it. They say, I don't know what my purpose and calling is, and then often they speak it. <laughs> you know, so they go, Anya, I don't know what my purpose <laughs> and calling is, but I have this passion to work with young women. You know what I mean? Like they, they immediately then begin to speak it. But what happens is that we, we get stuck, right? We get caught up in what I call the three conversations that sort of stand in the way. And this was why I wrote the book. The first challenge is who am I? Who am I to be doing this? Who am I to have that life? Who am I to want this? Who am I to think that I can accomplish this? Yeah. Who am I, right? right. Second, how am I going to pay the rent? And maybe we'll talk a little bit about money in a minute, but how am I going to pay the rent? Yeah. You know, and often- Put our dreams on the shelf, right? You know what I mean got to be a grown up. You don't have time for that. You need to get serious. Right? You you have responsibilities. You have, so it's all that dialogue. You know, and for those of us who have babies, right? Mouths to feed. It's even more serious, right? Because you have little people who depend on you. So there's a belief that you have to sacrifice. You have to trade because you have all of these responsibilities. That's the biggest Myth that I'm interested in interrupting. Third question Can I really make a difference? I'm one person. Can what I want to do really matter in the world? Um, and these are the three concerns that I've seen, the most common concerns, you know, and, and within that is what if I go for it and it doesn't turn out? Right. Again, the sort of belief that in some way, shape or form, like everybody else can have it because some of us are convinced, you know, we believe in the law of attraction or we believe in manifestation or we believe in pursuing your purpose and calling until it comes to us. Mm. Is it a worthiness? I do think it's about worthiness. I think it's about however we see ourselves because some people will say, I think I'm worthy. I just don't think it's for me. You know, and if we dig deeper, deeper into it, it's often experiences, things we've, we've um, gone through in our lives. Some of us are healing trauma, deeply traumatic experiences that at the core have disconnected us from the truth of who we are. Others of us are dealing with layers and layers of messaging, right? And we don't only have our personal messaging, meaning the messages we got when we were growing up, those are absolutely in there. And those are, you know, they say in the first five years, your formative years, those are the most influential, right? But we also know we've got societal messages. We've got cultural messages. We've got environmental messages, right? We've got identity-born messages, right? Depending upon all of the ways that we identify. Talk a lot with my artists, right? Who have bought into the starving artist, Mm. conversation, right? Or the, or the struggling spiritualist <laughs> yeah. Yeah. conversation, right? Or the starving activist, the poor righteous teacher. You know, we've got all of these things 
layers of messaging. And so, um, so we, our work is to believe that we are the one. Mm. Peel back the onion. Yeah. We are the one. We are the one. And our willingness to embrace that, our willingness to believe that, our willingness to surrender to that. Mm-hmm. It's big. Big. But worth it. There is no way, Anya, 20 years ago, I could have told you that this would be my life. I mean, I thought I was going to, you know, I went into corporate. I thought I was going to stay there and whatever, hit the glass ceiling, start a cool business, (laughs) just be that hip, cool chick that travels around the world doing whatever. And it was through that incident that a whole new path opened up for me, one that I couldn't even give words for. It wasn't like doctor, lawyer, teacher, check the box. Right. And I'm saying that because I imagine a lot of your beloveds feel like, but what I want to do lives outside of the box. Right. And I'm going to say to you 20 years ago, that was yoga teacher. 20 years ago, that was meditation teacher. Now it's mainstream. Right. Um, So it's like you, if you do it, if you bring it, we will rise to receive it. It's like the, if you build it, they will come. If you be it, they will come. If you be it, the opportunities will align. If you say yes, the world will say yes to you. I mean, I I just, I think that the collective is so much about the individual, right? Every single one of us doing this work, shifting our vibration, our, you know, really getting into flow with our calling, be owning that, those words, like I am the one and just understanding the, the massive shift that can create. Yeah. It's like, are you willing to be the one? You know, when I say that to people, it's, you know, it's the most intimate and loving thing you can say to yourself. Because if you are the one, then how would you treat you? If you were the one, if you knew, right? Failure, not possible, right? If you knew all the concerns that you would want to list, if they weren't concerns, what would you be doing? Money wasn't a concern. Public opinion wasn't a concern, right? Whether or not people were going to love you or appreciate you or support you, if that wasn't a concern, what would you be doing? Yeah. Big. (laughs) But worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. But worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we get to the world that we want to make, right? That's how we get there. Yeah. Is by each of us who has little C, little days where we hear little C, we can then start to chip away at the big C. Well, yeah, because when our C, my C meets your C, <laughs> yeah. magic, truly magic. You know, and I say that because sometimes I know we throw around the rhetoric of magic. Mm-hmm. Real you magic. All the real ma- the root word, the real magic. And every single one of us has had it, even if it's just for a moment, where you've stood in a moment and you have felt your full power, you felt your full brilliance, 
You felt your full beauty. You felt your full capabilities. And everything just flows. Right? And everyone sees you. You feel seen. You feel loved. You feel acknowledged. You feel heard. It just feels right. You know, we all have had that, even if it's just for 20 seconds. That's the opportunity. And I do want to say, if we want a better world, we got to bring what's ours to bring. It's the only way it's going to happen. If we stand for it, if we show up for it. I could just listen to you all day. <laughs> um, so speaking of pivots, you've also created a new project this year mm-hmm. called N for Information. 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 Yep. So tell me about that because I was on looking at it looks amazing, bringing women of color leaders into the corporate world, mentoring them. How did that vision come and and how do you see it um, evolving? Yeah, and and formation has been, uh, you know, an evolution for me of purpose. And and I do want to say this, you all, because our purpose, you know, there's a core impulse that shows up in terms of what it is that we're here to do. I'm here to, you know, set people free. I'm here to help people find their greatness. So it's broad, but it's very specific. And I talk about this in the book. And over time, it will evolve and take different form. You know, so you can go from being a concert pianist to an interior designer and still be in your purpose, right? If your purpose is about creating beauty, if your purpose is about touching people, right? you know, through experiences. And so I say that because I want to give people room and permission to be in the evolution of their calling. And if you are on path and on purpose, it's always about, and and Stephen Cope talks about this in The Great Work of Your Life. Shout out Stephen Cope. It is always about how your gifts meet the times. And I believe this in the context of leadership, that we have purpose and we have gifts and we have things we're here to offer, but we always are aligning with the times as well. What's being, what, where is my gift, my greatest gifts most needed right now in the world? And so I say this because this conversation about women of color in corporate leadership had been brewing for quite some time and it had been a conversation over a series of years. And part of what we all know is that power is broken as we know it. And I think as we have seen these moments of unraveling, you know, and I, and I sort of say in the last 20 years, we've had three portal opening moments around economy and around leadership and around how power is used or not used. And I think we're all recognizing that the face of leadership is changing and that it needs to change. And this is less about an embodiment of what the physical identity is as much as it's about a new set of values. And a, a new um, way of being and operating that considers not just the result, right? Not just the what, but the how and the who. Women of color, culturally, as we've stepped into leadership, have had to hold the what, the how, and the who. It is part of what has been ingrained in the ways in which we've been raised culturally. It's part of the orientation of what we've had to grapple and navigate. And when we start to talk about genuine inclusion, 
in organizations and in companies, if you have never had an experience of being excluded, it's very hard to know what's necessary in order for people to feel included, right? right? Just real. Yeah, you can't know what you don't know. Can't know what you don't know. And there are insights and unique experiences and perspectives that we as women of color have the opportunity to bring because we have had that experience. We've had the outsider experience. We've had to be in cultures and, and environments and in communities and contexts that have been very hostile to the very nature of our identity. And we have learned some things in being able to thrive and survive in those environments. And so we believe that we're being called to lead, not just because we're women of color, we're being called to lead because there's something that we understand about where we are as a global conscious family that are important. You know, we can, we can make the same statement when we think about women in leadership. And you all, we've been talking about this for 20 some odd years as we've been working for gender parity, probably, you know, longer, like really more like 40 years, right? In the conversation, we understand that there's something different that we bring. It doesn't make us better. It just means that we're in a time and we're in a moment where we have gotten to a particular place because there's only been a specific kind of orientation at the wheel. Right. We got to balance the energy, you all. And we've got to integrate different modalities and competencies and perspectives in order to get where we want to go. So this is not about either or. And I say that, Anya, because I know that some of what we've been grappling with is people sort of feel like, oh, well, it's people of color, so I should go away, or I should be quiet, or I should do nothing, or I don't know, I'm afraid, or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much more we could talk about in the context Mm -hmm. of this. And it's like, no, but you are going to learn how to share space. You are going to need to learn how to share space. You are going to need to learn how to redefine power. And we're all going to need to learn how to share it. We have all been subjected to this conditioning. And we're all having to heal it in order to grow our capacity to be able to work together. Because right now, if you want to know what's going to get us out of what we in, it is our willingness to really come home to ourselves so that we can come home to each other. Learn how to create space and room to learn how to see each other's greatness that's not tied in the external trappings of race or class or gender, right? And so the commitment of information is acknowledging that women of color have got something unique to offer, that we are in a moment where it is needed. How do we create room and space in our ecosystems to be able to get this wisdom and to work to bring our wisdom to this wisdom so that all of us can truly thrive and prosper. And to see that ecosystem be kind of rooted from the, from the inside, right? That it's not just a, a kind of exterior, like, oh, we'll, you know, like I think of, you know, how companies would bring in something like, oh, well, we'll have the HR department, like do something you know, around race or gender, but like really when you have leadership that brings that, it, it changes everything from the inside. Yeah, this is not about box checking. 
is not about skirts and seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is about a new paradigm and a new way of operating and being and leading in the world. And women of color got to do that work. White women have to do that work. White men have to do that work. Men of color have to do that work. You're feeling me? All of us have been dehumanized by the ways in which power has orchestrated and aligned itself. And all of us have got to do that healing work. And we've got to create spaces that are safe enough that invite and enable people to do that work. So just as we're doing this work of information with women of color, we're also doing this work with white leaders through white awakening. So my calling yeah, <laughs> and this yeah. pivot or this evolution yeah, beautiful. has come in the form of both of those initiatives. So you're really connecting the two as well, right? You're really- Necessary. Yeah. yeah. Bringing all of your gifts of healing and coaching and helping people align in a new way. Yeah. I mean, I think this is where, this is where we are, you know, and, and not just me. I feel like all of us, right? Anya, you are doing this work and all of us are being called. We all see it. And now it's like about each of us bringing what we believe is going to help us move the needle. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I'm excited to see it flourish and see the ripple effect that will come from it. Um, so in the Rock Your Joy context, what's bringing you joy these days? I think for me, feeling the ripeness of this moment. You know, when we launched information, it has been incredible to see, you know, and people can go to the site and I know you'll share yeah, all the links and, you know, women of color, please come in, join the wait list. We opened the app in January and we should say it is an app. It's an okay. app-based environment okay. yep. <laughs> um, for women of color, executives and leaders. Um, but what's bringing me joy is feeling the ripeness of this moment. Like I believe on you people you know, as much as we look in the media and we see the polarization and we see this way that people are at each other's throats, which is for me, heartbreaking to watch. I also sort of feel like there is a way that it is peeling back or pulling back the curtain on the truth, which is that if we don't step in and become very intentional about the people we want to be and the world that we want to see, that people at the helm who maybe don't have our best interests at heart are going to take us down a path where we are really going to suffer in ways that we can't even imagine. And the ripping apart of the fabric of our human connection and the fabric of our relationships right now is the symptom of what I'm saying is, is old paradigm leadership. And I don't care about the politics of this. You know what I mean, Anya? Because I know sometimes people can get entrenched and- Right, tribe, their tribe. Tribalism, <laughs> right. Pick yeah. your color and you right. all. Yeah. This ain't about that. This is so much bigger. Because I think every single one of us want to live in peace. I think every single one of us want to have a world that we can leave to our children that is healthy and thriving, where they can grow up to be all of who they are meant to be. I don't feel, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I haven't met a parent that doesn't want that. Yeah. We're more the same than we are different at the core. We want. And, and we may hear that. Yeah. 
But there's a way that we now need to come into the knowing of that. And that is about creating more spaces where more voices that have not been heard can be heard. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing in the tension. These are voices that have been on the outside, on both ends of the spectrum, that have not been heard, whose concerns have not been addressed. And we got to find a way to build that bridge. We got to find a way to walk ourselves back to one another. And we got to find a way to honor and lift up and exemplify and model leadership that is committed to unifying and not polarizing. I love it. You are the soul coach. (laughs) I mean, you know, that that is on some level such a big task, but that that's the joy that you're getting is really such a mark of your spirit and your, uh, your path. And I am so grateful that our paths crossed. I remember the dinner we were at and thinking, wow, this woman is power. And just being so blessed that our paths crossed and that you would take the time to be here and share your message, share your joy and your vision for all of us with this audience and with me. I'm so deeply grateful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Um, You all, if we rock our joy, right? (laughs) Because you all can see I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe you can feel me if you're just listening. Um, We feel your joy. If you rock your joy, we're good. Yeah. As a people, as a planet, we're good, you all. Yeah. Joy is vital. It is everything, right? It's your birthright. It's your birthright. You have a right to protect your enthusiasm and you have a right to rock your joy. Mm. I hope you will do that. Thank you so much. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.